0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. My name is Mosey Truitt and this week I am uh, I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. I spoke for the very first time on Skype with my friend Mania who I have known for I think like 6 years now and we've been talking on Instagram where we initially met and uh, and, and talking like, you know, on all the different platforms and uh and we've been friends for all this time and we never actually spoke like voice to voice. Um and we just did and it was awesome and um we also recorded a podcast episode. And I'm really really excited to share it with you guys because she is just an incredible horsewoman. Like I'd say she's a horse trainer because she is. She's an insanely talented horse trainer, but she's so much more than that. And I really feel like Sometimes I want like a better word for the people I admire that do incredible work that I am really inspired by with horses because usually horse trainer just doesn't feel like complete enough or like it truly is accurate in describing what they do. So I'm just going to say she is an incredible horsewoman and um yeah, I'm just I'm really inspired by her work and her art. And her relationship with them. And uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this episode because we, we talked about kind of her journey, like, you know, many people's journeys, um, when they start to feel like the traditional equestrian world, just something isn't sitting well with them. And what that transition to, you know, following yourself and following what you feel you know, is right for you and for your horse, the challenges of that and, um, and how you navigate that transition. And we also talked about the transition she just recently, well, maybe not recently, but like within the past year, I think she says, um, of allowing her, you know, uh, natural horsemanship or Liberty horsemanship or, you know, whatever she's been doing, allowing that to change as well and being open to, always following yourself and I think not being afraid to follow what actually makes you happy. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen. We talk a lot about the importance of happiness and of joy and valuing that, you know, in the society that really values like product, product, whatever that is, productivity um, seemingly more than anything else. How do we how do we kind of switch our priorities and remember that things like joy and fun are really, really of value, especially when it comes to horses? So yeah, that is, a, that is what we talked about this episode, along with a bunch of other topics that you will hear us go into. I just want to let you guys get into it, so uh, yeah, let's jump right in. It is so awesome to finally talk to you. Same. I can't believe
1: we're actually talking. I know. <laughs> it's like kind of after crazy. what, like six years or something? Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, really it's really cute. fun. Oh my gosh. I know. Like I I can't believe we didn't all do this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm so, so excited to be talking to you. I'm also just really excited. Like, like I'm excited you're on the podcast, but just like separately, I'm also really excited to like, to be connecting in this way.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way. It's just, yeah, it's about time. It is about time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, can you introduce yourself and just let us know who you are? And, um, like I just said, uh, kind of off mic i think you grew up with horses in the most interesting way and i've been kind of in awe uh watching your lifestyle on instagram and um yeah like can you kind of explain a bit about who you are and what your relationship to horses is like (laughs)
1: um i can try um (laughs) well um do you want me to talk like about me a bit Before Uh, yeah sure i include the horses yeah um well i'm this is hard Uh, (laughs) i live on a farm in the north of sweden and yeah i've got my horses here on the farm and this is where i was born and where i grew up and yeah i'm not really sure what you need to know about (laughs) me um Yeah, my relationship with horses. Um, My mom had a horse on the farm that I grew up with. And I, you know, just spent time with him when I could. And, yeah, I didn't really ride him a lot like normal equestrians would. And my mom is a vegan, and I was brought up as a vegan, so... Yeah, she's always been very kind to horses, and that's kind of how my relationship with horses started. But then I actually began taking lessons at a writing school, and I don't think that was very good for me. I didn't really enjoy it towards the end. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I I relate to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it, it was, it just felt very, very wrong. So I stopped taking lessons and around the same time I went on Instagram and I found people who, you know, were doing horsemanship and all of that stuff. And that just felt more right to me. So yeah, I stopped taking lessons and I had a two horses of my own, of my own. It feels wrong to say that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And so I just started doing my own thing with the horses. And I think it's been six years of just being with my horses and doing my own thing, which I don't really have a good name for what I do with my horses. You know, most days I just go out to the horses, I do all the barn chores, and I hang out with them and play with them and, you know, do some tricks and all of that stuff. Hmm. And just have fun with them without any expectations. And I think that's what I like the most.
0: Yeah, I do feel like there is something about... um the way I see you interact with horses that does feel like fun is kind of put as maybe a priority and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that inspires me a lot because I think even like in the kind of horsemanship that can be on Instagram or like, um, even like what I do, it can, we can get so focused on like trying to do something ethically or trying to do something good by the horses, which is all great. um, Or like trying to, you know, make a statement or prove something or, you know, do good training for the horses, whatever it might be. But I feel like, you know, if we're trying to connect back to the essence of what it was like to connect with horses as a kid, um, fun kind of has to be one of the leading factors, if not like the main leading factor.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I just feel like the last half year or so, you know, I haven't really been posting anything on my Instagram, Mm -hmm. and that's because I haven't had any photo shoots, um, because my horses had health problems, and that just put me off photo shoots, and I was just focusing on their health, Um, but yeah, during this time of not having any photo shoots, I just... I did still have some expectations before, like, I need to perform, I need to, like, do fancy things and all of that stuff, but when I didn't have any photo shoots, I just dropped all the expectations, and I just, like, hung out with my horses and just, you know, been present with them, and that has been really, really good for our relationship and Yeah, it's just been an amazing experience, really.
0: Yeah, see, I I love that. And I noticed that you went off Instagram and it's, or or stopped posting um, photos so much. And it's really, like, it intrigues me so much because I feel like in the same way, I'm still on Instagram and still posting, but I definitely had that very similar shift. And it's funny that since we've been at the new property... I haven't yeah. done like any 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 training. Um and I I have noticed and I have thought about this for a while that there is something about like trying to keep up the image um not even for the sake of like I want people to, you know, like my photos, but more that I want to continue to show people that, you know, this other type of horsemanship is possible and that you can do these kind of cool things and um, be like a stepping stone, but, but where I'm at now, I really relate to like the bliss of just going out with the horses and not having expectations of even like, you know, trying to keep up like a social media presence, which is a funny new pressure that is on kind of like, you know, people in the horse world, but it is a real pressure.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, even the pressure to just follow horsemanship or, to follow a certain type of training, really, um, it does put expectations and just a lot of pressure on not just the horses but us too. Yeah. And I, I just really can't keep up with that in a way. Yeah, I just really don't like feeling this pressure. So, yeah, it's yeah, it has been just really, really good for me to just not post anything and not worry about any of that stuff at all
0: yeah i i so relate and it is a real pressure and i'm curious because to me you feel like such a kind of vibrant like free spirit um that is just like pretty like sure of yourself and pretty um I don't know, like like you do what you want to do, and I'm curious when you first like took lessons, and yeah. things weren't feeling right, and and now like you know going off Instagram and and the kind of like transformations that keep happening as they do, you know, through our life and with our horses, have you ever felt resistance to that? Like when you first wanted to stop training at a barn, did you have moments of? you know, I don't know if this is the right decision. I don't know if I should be doing this. Or do you feel like once you kind of uh, feel like something isn't right for you anymore, you kind of cut it, cut it out?
1: Um, I think I definitely felt like this is what I want to do, but it was very hard for me to get out of the old habits of the old way of treating horses and the old way of training really. Because I had been taking lessons for I don't know how many years but years and years and years and you know it really stuck with me all of the things that they taught me and when I was doing these things it didn't feel right but at the same time I got positive reinforcement from the trainers yeah for doing all of these things so I thought oh this must be right this is probably okay because they're giving me all of this feedback so that's why I kept doing the things that I felt was wrong but at at that point I just couldn't take it anymore so I had to quit lessons and just do my own thing and it was very very hard to get out of all the old habits but yeah it's definitely worth it just doing your own thing and doing what you what you think is right.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. and was there a moment that um, that kind of changed things for you or was it kind of more of a slow realization and then just one day like it was too much?
1: Um, a bit of both actually it just felt more and more wrong when I discovered horsemanship on social media. I think, Mm, yeah. yeah, I think that was probably like when I realized that I had to stop taking lessons when I followed a lot of inspiring people. That's a very good thing about social media because you see other people do things and you realize that, oh, I can probably do this too. And there are other ways of doing things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the really interesting thing to me too, because, you know, like for me as well, like being on social media when I first started like really doing something different with Annie was a big like motivation because I also saw that, you know, there was an interest in this and I felt less alone because I'd been kind of just alone on the farm with her trying to do things differently. And social media was, like, a good community or is and has been a really good community for encouragement and, yeah, like you said, like, making, I think, people feel like it's all possible, which is why I like staying, you know, like, I want to stay on, too, and, like, and, you know, can kind of continue that, but at the same time, like, I think letting things naturally unfold, if you happen to get to the next, like, transition where you you know then all of a sudden posting on social media became a pressure and maybe before it wasn't the same type of pressure and it just became like there's nothing wrong with posting before but now you've reached a place where you you feel that it's not benefiting you anymore and yeah I think that's kind of like that's the line I'm also trying to like navigate a little more right now because I, I think I resisted for a while like the transformation of my horsemanship because I was attached also like, and my identity was attached on what it meant to be this certain type of trainer. And, and it was hard for me to comprehend that something that I really, really believe in and have believed in for a really long time could be changing. And that, that didn't mean that all of that was wrong, you know, but that I'm, it's natural to move on as well
1: um yeah
0: and that's kind of personally where I'm at and that's why I'm really really so interested too in how was that transition for you then when you you know took off the pressure of social media or of like you know the thing that helped you uh in the beginning and like you know moving on towards just being with your horses in this new way was that easier or more difficult
1: um It was kind of difficult in the beginning because I still felt the pressure to post something and I didn't have anything to post really. And so I just kept like living with this pressure. And then I just realized after a couple of weeks that nothing bad is going to happen. Like it's literally just social media. It's an account on Instagram. It doesn't matter if I post anything or not. It doesn't mattered to me anyway. Yeah. And then I just kind of let it go and I was just able to to live my life without worrying about that. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because we put this pressure on ourselves to prove that we're either able to train our horses in a certain way or, yeah, we feel like we have to show everyone this and it's like we I just yeah like why do we feel the need that to yeah I'm not even sure what I'm talking about anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I really feel that like why do we have like these pressures that you know we're dealing with are ultimately all just kind of made up you know everything we do is kind of made up as humans but we do like choose these pressures.
1: Um, We kind of do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true. And like the liberation, like thinking, well, I don't have to do lessons anymore. You know, like that's a choice or I don't have to do, I don't have to prove anything on social media. I think before we really like make that choice, sometimes it doesn't even feel like an option or I've like experienced that before where when my horsemanship was starting to change again, um, the thought of like, like you know, changing in that way yeah. didn't even feel necessarily like, like a viable option. And I had to like warm up to the idea that, oh, like I could take this pressure off and that is something I can choose. And I don't know why I felt, felt like that like that wasn't available to me yeah which I find I find interesting, like and kind of takes me back to like the putting enjoyment um, you know, making that like a value um, because I do think we get lost in like trying to do whatever it is we think is right or correct and kind of lose the, the initial like pull or the draw or the inspiration that like it lights us up in the first place. So with horses, you know, just the joy of being with them or the joy of a life with them or even like, you know, the joy of riding in this different way where it's just about like, you know, just about that connection and that feeling and not about, you know, proving something or showing something.
1: Yeah, it's like we try so hard, we just try and we try, and we try so hard that we forget what's really important, which is the horse and just having fun.
0: Yeah, I almost feel like we sometimes feel like we don't deserve the fun, or like that the fun is like, (laughs) not a, like we don't value it enough, so it's it's not... um, so we don't value it, (laughs) like we don't um, make room for it in our lives because for some reason it's like not productive or something.
1: Yeah, that makes me really sad actually because I think that's very common. And also to like base our self-worth as trainers or whatever you want to call horsey people, yeah, like base our self-worth on what the horse is able to give us and what the horse what we can get the horse to do yeah
0: yeah it's so odd isn't it like it really is <laughs> like how valuable I am in this world has to do with like what I can make my horse do yeah it's very like mm-hmm. it proves my connection or something and and that connection gives me value it is that's a lot of weight on a relationship
1: yeah but I mean, I used to feel that way when I started like training horses a bit more like, oh, am I just worthless if my I can't even get my horse to do this one simple thing? And it's just so stupid to think that way. Yeah,
0: I so relate. <laughs> I have definitely thought that way, too. Like in all these in all these steps, like I realize that the pressure like when I first started doing quote-unquote liberty horsemanship and taking off the pressure, like all of a sudden we couldn't do all these things that we used to be able to do because I was finding out Annie didn't want to do them. That was like, ooh, like a big, um, humbling, like stab in the heart a little bit. Um, Yeah. And it didn't, like when I think about it, like it was when I finally accepted almost that that wasn't, a definition of our relationship and that didn't have to mean anything more than sometimes walking to the barn is hard you know yeah. um it was then that things started to change and I even feel that now with like you know transitioning into a different layer of horsemanship you know whether you can do all the liberty tricks and riding and whatnot or you just, you know, want to hang out with your horse because that's genuinely what you really want to do. Um, Like that doesn't, you know, we put pressure there in the same way that it's the same pressure.
1: Yeah. I mean, the more that I've let go of training and expectations and all of that, the better our relationship has become. And I mean, we have more fun now than we've ever had before. And I just love going to my horses and they meet me, they run up to me and they want to play. They beg to play. And it's just amazing and so much fun. And I can't believe I didn't realize this before that I don't actually have to do anything. Like I don't need to train my horses to do anything. I can just be.
0: Yeah. Feel like this if anyone needs a permission slip to take the pressure off and you know just be with their horse or do what they want or live from a place of fun with their horse like this is the permission slip that you don't need them you don't need the pressure
1: yeah <laughs> definitely so what has that
0: looked like you know getting off social media and then really focusing and doing just what you want with your horses um yeah. What is, what is that? Like, what does that look like and what do you like to do and what are the most fun parts? Cause now I'm just, I want to like dive into like what life what, can be like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what life can be like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just the same, but without the pressure and the expectations and we are able to have a lot more fun Like, a normal day would be me going to the barn to do all the barn chores and then just, you know, meeting the horses right there and just, you know, if they want to play, then we play. We might go out for a little hike. And, yeah, you know, it's more about living in the moment, really, than having plans.
0: Yeah, and, and how do you choose, like, you know, what you do? Is it just based off what sounds enjoyable or what the horses um, what the horses are kind of into, or is it both?
1: Um, it's a bit different every time, really. Yeah. I might have something that, that I want to do, and the horses are usually up for that. If they're not, then we'll do something else, or I'll just continue with my barn chores, and then they'll come up to me and ask to play or something like that oh, it, yeah it feels its very chill very chill. very chill <laughs> yeah definitely
0: that is how I feel with the horses now <laughs> it's very chill yeah <laughs>
1: I can imagine you have them like right outside your house right? yeah
0: <laughs> yeah they can come oh. up to it
1: <laughs> oh that's amazing
0: it I like it is so fun I think that has been one of the best things about moving here is because I haven't like focused anything on training or what it should be and just have like I've just been blissed out with like what it is to experience them in this way and like to see them so happy and so free it's been so much fun and like Sometimes the the most fun thing is just like opening the window and them coming up and me feeding them carrot to the window and feeling like a drive through. Like that brought me so much joy the other day.
1: <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I would love to have my horses right outside my house.
0: Is that? Hmm. Yeah, you have to think about it. Like it's-
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I've got a tiny house right now, and I can actually move it. It's on wheels. So my I could just make a pasture somewhere and put my house next to it.
0: You put your hmm. house right in the middle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. are actually,
0: sorry, what were you saying?
1: <laughs> I wasn't saying anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> it would be pretty cool.
0: It's an attainable goal. And uh, yeah, I was actually really wanting to talk about your tiny house And, like, your lifestyle with the horses, too, because you were actually, when I went vegan, like, the first friend or anyone I knew, um, and we we just knew online, but, like, that I knew kind of more personally that was also vegan. So, that was really cool. And then, also, like, you have a tiny house. I'm really, really into tiny houses and, like, minimalism, and I feel like there's a bunch of these lifestyle things that I think are so cool that you're doing. And, um, I am curious about like the tiny house, if, you know, that was something that you wanted for more freedom or, you know, how that was putting it together. Cause I feel like everything you're saying with the horses and like, you know, this kind of lifestyle really has to do with freedom and like taking the pressure off and like living how you want to live. So yeah, I'd love definitely. To hear.
1: Um, well, the story of my tiny house. Um, so I was living at home with my family and, you know, I've got a lot of siblings and I sort of needed to move out to give them some room. (laughs) So I was thinking about like, where do I want to live? And I knew that I needed to live close to my horses and I absolutely love nature and I needed to live close to nature and i to be able to do those things i needed to live in a house and i just really didn't want to live in an apartment in the city because i would not be happy there at all and i couldn't afford a house so that was a problem (laughs) but then i found a tiny house community on youtube actually and i just watched a lot of videos and I read a lot about tiny houses, and then I just sort of made up my mind, like, yeah, of course, I'm going to live in a tiny house. That makes perfect sense, and I'm, you know, I'll be able to move it if I want to, and I will be able to afford it, which is very important to me, because I don't want to loan money. Yeah. I just want to, like, save up and then use my money, and... Yeah, so I decided to get myself a tiny house. So I found this house that I'm living in now um, in the south of Sweden, actually. And it was kind of just a shell of a house, really. And I had it shipped up to here. And I've been renovating the house. And I do live in it right now. But I don't have a proper kitchen or a bathroom just yet. It's still in progress. But yeah, it's pretty cool to live in a tiny house. (laughs) (laughs) And since I am a minimalist or aspiring minimalist, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, kind of helpful to have a small house because you have to get rid of things that you don't need. Or use or
0: yeah yeah Hmm. man that is so cool I love when people like you know have an idea and like you know you just saw tiny houses and you were thinking like this totally you know matches what I want to do and rather than just think oh that would be cool like you went out and you did it and are you learning how to renovate a house right now like in order to yeah. That is yeah. so cool. It's been
1: a lot of fun and very empowering as well just learning all of these things and yeah, things that I never thought I would be able to do and here I am like doing them and uh, yeah. That's it's so been cool. a very very nice experience.
0: That that's awesome. I would love to hear like like the empowering part of Doing things you didn't think you could do because, like, I when I think about like building a house or like renovating something, that also is something that, yeah, just feels kind of intimidating. But recently, I've been, uh, you know, at the new property, learning how to drive tractors, and and I know that doesn't oh. seem like a very, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like it makes sense that like a, f- a horse person would know how to drive a tractor, but I did not, and I don't know why it, it seemed like maybe somewhere subconsciously like an unattainable like thing that I would know how to do or something but learning how to do it and like being able to take care of it myself and um and I have help like I have a friend who's really really like teaching me and it's amazing but just even feeling like that is something that's a possibility that I thought that maybe I wouldn't be able to do is one of the like best um best feelings.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It really is.
0: And did you just jump in on it or like uh do you just do a lot of research or are you, is someone helping you or are you uh
1: Um, I get a lot of help from my grandpa and my mom. And yeah, you know, they help out when they can and I do a lot of things myself too. And yeah, you know, the things I have no idea how to do, they might know and are, might be able to teach me or I'll just Google. Google is my best friend. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, you are a It's badass. been working
1: out. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> you too for learning to drive the tractor. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, that's, it is kind of hard to drive a tractor, at least before you learn how to do it. Yeah, but that's the case with most things. Most things are difficult before you learn.
0: That's what I'm kind of like, like think, like noticing more um, and been feeling recently. Like, because when I actually now like think about driving the tractor, like it wasn't that hard. There was just like a mental block of like you know what that meant, and I think everyone has their own mental blocks around different different things that for some reason we've decided are like out of our like reach. Mm. Yeah. And and I've really been feeling recently like, and and I've heard this before. It almost feels like a Pinterest thing, but I feel like it's just sinking in for me that the, (laughs) like everything you want to do, like you're never going to be at a point where you're just like ready to start because you have to learn along the way. So you have to just start. And you know you're gonna get prepared and you're gonna get ready for it like as you go, and it's not something that you have to be like perfectly prepped before you start any project because that's just never gonna be the case.
1: That is so true. Yeah, definitely. Wow.
0: <laughs> I'm like I'm hoping I'm explaining that right because I I feel like I had that realization and I was like everyone, listen, I have to tell you a secret. You don't have to know what you're doing to do the thing. And everyone was like, yeah, like like I didn't really like it was a big of a realization for other people, but uh, <laughs> but I've been like a little mind blown about it, like, like on everything I want to do.
1: Yeah, but it's true. I feel like I never really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging it like all the time, and but it, it sort of works out most of the time yeah, but I it think... is true. You learn
0: learning by doing, right? Yeah, learning by doing, and also no one knows what they're doing. Like that's the yeah. other key to it. No one knows what they're doing. Everything's made up. and we're all just, you know, we're just humans doing things, trying to do things.
1: That's a bit how I feel about horse training. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just doing something that feels good to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And being able to like trust yourself too. You know that you don't like I think about, you know, when you when people and like with me, when I first wanted to like kind of break out of um traditional horsemanship. Yeah. I felt so much like I need a trainer or I need a program. You know, like I really was desperate for like that kind of like a program like I was like I need a horsemanship program I can follow step by step. And I never got any of that. Um, And then, and you know, I think it is good to have a trainer, like if you want that support in the same way that asking for help and support is always good and it's part of the process. But as far as like needing someone to tell me exactly what to do on every step of the way, not getting that and realizing that I didn't need that was probably one of the most liberating and important things about changing my horsemanship because trusting your intuition and and really being able to trust yourself that you're going to know or at least you're going to be able to try the things that feel right and kind of returning back to yourself in that way and your own inherent wisdom especially with horses I think is really key and and you don't need to know what you're doing
1: yeah exactly and like the horses don't care if we are good trainers or not If we're just, you know, good to them, they really don't care, at least from my experience.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, the horse isn't going to be like, like, you know, the horse wants you to maybe be clear and maybe doesn't like, quote unquote, like, training that makes them feel scared or whatnot. But yeah, yeah, of course. But as far as, yeah, like, if the horse is like, oh, you taught me how to like stand on this pedestal or whatever like like good job human versus like you know like like anything else yeah. you might do the horse isn't gonna really like yeah i really feel you on that i feel like that's not a good example but the horse doesn't <laughs> care like if you whatever your training status is
1: yeah as long as you're you're good to them yeah if you're a decent person And treat them
0: well. And listen.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I really, I, I feel like the more and more I dive into like horsemanship and, or like let things unfold naturally with training or with how my horsemanship is training or changing, the more I come to understand freedom in entirely new ways like coming back to the same ideas but like with new depth or new like new ideas basically on on what that really means and kind of feeling okay like questioning what I used to believe because that's the only way we grow
1: yeah that's true
0: um and having how did you personally like did you have a moment of like needing to find the courage to do the tiny house or do you have moments of fear of you know um just especially in the beginning like that would you be able to do it would you not is it going to be too big of a project and if you did like how did you work through that um the doubt? And is it, is it something where you like let the doubt in and it's okay? And you know, you trust that, you know, it'll, it'll pass or do you not really have that or, you know? <laughs>
1: um, I think my family helped me a lot because I, I wanted to build a tiny house. I actually wanted to build it from scratch, but I ended up not doing that. Um, but you know, I was thinking about it a lot, doing a lot of research and I was doubting myself like am I actually going to be able to do this and they just kept pushing me like yeah of course you can do this and then like they helped me look for like this shell of a tiny house that I bought online and you know helped me like they just gave me that final push to actually buy this house and to start renovating. So I'm very, very thankful for that because I don't know if I would have been able to do it without them.
0: That's awesome like good support system of people who believe in you when when we have our doubts.
1: Yeah and I didn't really have a lot of other options in in my world because I I didn't want to live in the city and I couldn't afford a house. So it was kind of my only option, but I needed the push to actually be able to do it. Yeah. And I'm very happy that they gave me that push because I've got a tiny house so cool. and it's really nice. Yeah.
0: So cool. And now you're going to park it in the middle of a field with a bunch of your horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that honestly like, will be so awesome and I think I don't know
1: why sorry
0: you don't know why what
1: (laughs) okay um I don't know why we're always so you know afraid to live a life that is different you know a tiny house isn't very normal to live in but and I guess that's why many people are afraid of tiny houses and you know Not living in the city or just living a life that's different, really. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I need to live a different life to be able to be happy in a way. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Just how I want to live and what makes me happy and
0: all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I so feel you. And what does make you happy? Have you like a tiny house? (laughs) Oh,
1: um, not, well, yeah, I do enjoy my tiny house, (laughs) but, um, you know, spending time in nature and with animals and my friends make me happy and, you know, crafting things, just making things with my hands and building stuff and, going on adventures and, yeah, just, I daydream a lot and I love making those dreams feel real in a way. And, you know, that's why I have so many, you know, fairy tale stuff, because that's what makes me happy. And yeah, it's a bit different, but it really makes me happy. And yeah.
0: I. I love that. Like, it's almost like choosing to live like an enchanted life, and. A bit, yeah. It's. I know. I think about like, the reasons why we might, you know, ignore, the voice that, that knows, um, what we would really enjoy. And again, like this is the the feeling I get from you of like leading with fun and enjoyment and um, and valuing that happiness versus I think I do think that a lot of times, and I notice this in myself too, um, putting happiness or enjoyment kind of like low on my scale of value because our culture is so ingrained, I think that productivity is kind of like, you know, up there with the top values and sometimes Mm. being productive and being happy or fulfilled, like don't align. Um, Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I also think there's fear, you know, um, whenever we want to do something new, because there's the voice like, you know, there's the voices of in ourselves and outwardly like your, your family that encourage us to do the things that we really want and tell us that we can and that we're capable and it's very empowering versus fear inward and outwardly of no you can't make that work or you know it's not going to be a viable life option or what are you doing and we end up compromising on our on our dreams and our real like like our heart's desire and our heart's like play um, I think because we're afraid of of you know, probably failure and probably you know, losing something. But I think in not living the life that we really want or trusting ourselves with that, um, we lose something else, like vibrancy in our spirit. Um and I think it's always something we can get back, you know, if we tap back into our heart in that way or in our fire in that way. But, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. And, and that's why I love talking to people like you, like that are doing their dream and are, are looking at what they really want and, and saying, you know, I can, I can do this and I can have it and I can value, um, happiness and, uh, pleasure in this way. Like, you know, I can value it and I can, uh, I can make it reality if that's what I really want. Yeah. So I love talking to you and to (laughs) anyone who's really like doing that because it doesn't matter. Like if your dream is to live in a tiny house or if it's to, you know, live in a big city and like have whatever kind of lifestyle you want. Like, I think it just translates to whatever it is that kind of like sets your your heart on fire
1: yeah definitely yeah I feel like we need to live our lives for ourselves and just not live the life that we believe that we are supposed to live we need to you know do what makes us happy that's such a basic thing but it's really hard sometimes yeah
0: really is and I think like Mm -hmm. sometimes for me I think the idea of like like happy can has almost been framed as like not only not productive or something but like selfish, you know? And I think we there's this yeah. whole idea of like and I really disagree with it. But this idea of like if we're being selfish versus like are we doing things for others or good for the world, but I really really believe that putting ourselves first like you said in everything is the kindest thing we can do and it's the way that we don't build resentment in our relationships and it's the way that we live a life that truly makes us happy and then we have so much more to actually give outward um because we're full versus yeah yeah like living it for someone else and feeling drained and um I don't think that benefits anyone, really.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's true.
0: Mm. So I think selfish is good. I don't think selfish is selfish. (laughs) I think selfish, or I think putting yourself first is truly like the kind of thing. Yeah, it's
1: necessary. Yeah, it's necessary. It's definitely necessary. Yeah, for our own happiness. Yeah. Because we need to be happy if we're going to live. That's, like I said, it's such a basic thing, but it's so important.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think about like you, like you coming out happy to the horses, like do you feel that changes the relationship to you a lot? Like you coming out fulfilled in that way?
1: Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, even if I'm, not happy when I go there they make me happy and you know we just have a really good time and that brings me a lot of happiness and joy and yeah it definitely makes my life a lot better
0: yeah and also with all of this not to say that like we can't feel sad or we can't feel disappointed or angry because I think that's all part of being like, living fully is, like, having the vast spectrum of emotions. Um, uh, just want to make that clear. I just think it's more of, like, an inherent, like, fulfilled and, like, prioritizing joy.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can't be happy all the time, but it is nice to be happy. <laughs> it is nice <laughs> Obviously.
0: to be <value> happy. <laughs> <laughs> I even think about, like, I just opened you know, a wild horse sanctuary. And um, I've had moments, like I was driving with Nina, who's my business partner and we were driving to like, we weren't driving to pick up the horses, but we did like a first trip when they were rounding up the horses to kind of see what was going on and get information. And, um, yeah, just, you know, have kind of get the lay of the land because we were going to come up and, and get horses in a couple weeks after that. And it was this really interesting trip because, on one hand, the roundup is so intense, and there's so uh, much. I to can do. imagine. Yeah, like, like there's so much to feel sad about, and <laughs> and there's a lot of like, yeah, just a lot of like uh, tragedy almost, and and like pain and and suffering and. And you can go to that. And we were on this trip and I was kind of battling myself because I was like, on one hand, I can just dive into like the suffering of this right now of like, you know, the injustice of this. And, and there's a place for that, you know, to be aware of what's happening. But on the other hand, we're going up to like pick out horses right now that we're going to save. And I can't deny that there is something about going up and picking out a herd of wild horses that just lights me up it sounds so like fun and fulfilling and like Mm -hmm. i can't wait to bring them home and and i was like battling between like i feel like i should feel really bad but if i'm being honest with myself i can't help but know that there is a joy in what i'm able to do right now yeah it's a bit of both yeah it sounds
1: like a very intense experience yeah it definitely
0: it definitely was intense. Wow. And Nina said this thing, or we were kinda of talking about it because we both want to prioritize joy as well. And and I was telling her about my, you know, my conflicting feelings and like wanting to be able to make room for both of them, but feeling guilty for feeling like any of this could be fun. And and she was basically just like You know, if we just dive into the suffering of it, like, first of all, I think we're denying, like, a real, like, truth of what's happening because there is, like, an enjoyment in this. And if I pretend like it's not there, I'm just, like, kind of fooling myself. And also, if we just dive into the suffering of it and we don't allow ourselves to have fun along the way or to feel happy or feel joy along the way, it doesn't change, like, what we're doing. Like, it doesn't mean we're not helping, you know? If we're having fun, we're still helping. Um, And honestly, just, like, purposely choosing to be in the suffering of it without – and denying that other side will probably burn us out a lot, lot faster and make it so we get so sad and we're so depressed about it that we can't do anything good, you know? Or we can't, like, continue to help. So even in that – it's a fine balance there. Yeah, and, and I do think, like, and I think we've made it kind of like part of our mission statement with the sanctuary that it's really important to us that we value fun. Like, even in the face of a kind of heavy topic, like, we have to value joy and fun and and make that one of our leading, like, factors because there is something inherently, like, amazing about having these wild horses in our backyard (laughs) and I don't want to deny that part too and yeah they come from a hard situation but I also don't think that bringing into the horses the idea that you know I'm so you're just coming from suffering um you were in the wild and now you know we're doing our best to free you but everything's changed for you and it's all bad like that's not how the horses live and also bringing that energy to them isn't beneficial for them either
1: Mm, yeah that's very true
0: I'm sorry I'm kind of going on a tangent now (laughs) (laughs) but it's just because you inspire me a lot with the yeah just like prioritizing that and I think that I just think more and more it's becoming apparent to me how important that is yeah I just really I'm like really inspired by I'm really, really inspired by you. I'm inspired by your lifestyle and your way of being with the horses and uh, yeah, just you as a human.
1: (laughs) I'm very inspired by you. I, I really wish I could just teleport to you and just see how you live. It seems amazing with the horses. It's such a beautiful thing that you do for them.
0: Thank you. I feel the exact same about you. And I also want to teleport to, to you because, oh my God. Um, Also your pictures, like just as far as like the background and seeing where you live. Oh my God. It is just like, it is a fairy tale.
1: Yeah, it can be sometimes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of a, a jump now, but I think we both want to talk about minimalism a bit because personally, I don't get to talk to like that many people who are super, super into it. And I think you're pretty into it. And I'm, I've also really been curious about like making a minimalist farm or like, you know, caring for horses in a way that's minimalist. Like it sounds really fun and really something I'm trying to do here, but it's kind of I don't know, I'm still like trying to figure it out, but. Um, uh, yeah, but... I'm very interested in
1: like how you would consider a minimalist way of keeping horses.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I really do think that minimalism is just like, it can mean so many different things to different people and different lifestyles. And just being like aware of what you consume and like what you really need. So as far as, like, the horses go, like, I'm trying to go as plastic-free as possible, and I'm trying to, with them, like, think about the things they really need, and, and have more of that around, and, but I don't know, like, what does it mean for you? Like, what does it mean in your tiny house, and, like, what have you thought with the horses? Because I feel like I'm still very much trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, minimalism, it's kind of, freedom for me to just I mean many people see minimalism as an extreme thing you know you see all of these videos that oh you cannot have more than 100 things and stuff like that (laughs) but for me it's more about removing distractions and just making room for things that really matter in a way you know people and Horses, relationships, and yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I do have some things for my horses, but I don't have as many things as I used to. Like, you don't need 30 saddle pads. Yeah. Maybe, like, one or two could be enough if you even have a saddle. I mean, you don't need to have a saddle and stuff. And yeah, I'm definitely trying to be go plastic-free to, you know, saving the, the earth while well, trying to. I think it's interesting that we have such a high standard of living. I mean, most people do, but we still feel this constant longing for more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wonder why that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everything you said about minimalism there, like really is like my same, um, why I'm into it as well. And for me, it it is, it's not like a limitation in any way. And I feel like if you feel like it's a limitation, like it's not the right time or it's not, you know, maybe you need to frame it in in your mind a different way because it is about like freedom and liberation and I was joking, um, I said something to my boyfriend, like I was at my parents' house and I was like picking up a few things I wanted to bring to my house. And I was joking that like, do I I take this picture frame I found or is this just going to be like another burden? And (laughs) I really do mean it though, because I feel now like a responsibility with having like too many things where like you have to take care of it or you have to get later you know, put effort into getting rid of it or, you know, there's like, there is to everything we have and it doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but there is a responsibility to it, like a having to maintain it or care for it or move it or house it that can be for things that we don't really need, like actually take up real mental space and, and mental energy and take us from the things that are important.
1: Yeah. That's very, very true. And like, it's okay to have lots of stuff if you want to have lots of stuff, but everything should like serve a purpose or like actually bring you joy. You should love the things that you have. Because if you don't, they are just clutter and they just take up mental space and yeah, just distract you from actually living. I think they can actually do that. It's kind of a big thing to say, like, oh, all your stuff distracts you from living your life. But I think it, they can do in a way.
0: I think it totally, totally can. Um, yeah. I also feel like minimalism, you know, it starts with stuff. And I think that like, you know, physical items, it's a good reflection, too, of what's going on internally and i've had like moments where i've you know i've felt internally like cluttered so i start cleaning the house like a crazy person like just like frantically like ah like um and obviously it's not about like like while cleaning up the space like helps and feels good i know that it's really more like i'm i'm kind of cleaning up mentally you know and um i do think it goes both ways like a really cluttered space for me can make me feel mentally, um, cluttered. And also that
1: makes a lot of sense. It really does.
0: It's been interesting on the ranch, um, because this place, you know, it was really run down kind of when we found it and we've had to clear out a lot of trash and it's really like packing into me, like how everything you take on, uh, becomes a responsibility because yeah. having to get rid of all this stuff and having to recycle it and like or like decide to th- what to throw away, what to keep, like what's useful, it's so much effort to do it all at once like this and and even yeah. to break it down in pieces like it it's something I want to do and I want to clear out because if I don't do it like right now, um, it's just gonna be a constant like reminder of like these little things that uh, are kind of, need to get done and are, are taking up, like, mental energy from the things that I really want to do.
1: Mm, yeah. I like what you said about how everything is, like, having things is a responsibility in a way. Like, you have, if you buy something, you actually have to do something with it later on, like, recycle it or just, yeah. It really makes you think twice before you buy stuff. Yeah. Stuff that you might not actually need.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've been moving out of my old room and I've had to recycle and throw so much stuff away. And that was a whole process as well. And I think a pretty big step into my minimalism minimalist journey if you will just yeah it really makes me like not want to buy stuff anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I'm good with what I have definitely
0: and does that take a pressure off too for you like thinking like having that satisfaction of I'm good like even just that mindset
1: yeah yeah definitely really really does
0: yeah and i like it too like minimalism not just like with physical like things we buy but you know you can apply it to like responsibilities as far as like obligations or things you say yes or no to i think at its core it's just the like awareness of what really matters in your life and choosing the things that that matter versus um cluttering up any space with things that either you think you should have or things other people want you to have or do and that's why I don't see it as like a sacrifice really because all it is is like a choosing of what I really want and I'm making room for it and like not taking on the things that will ultimately um I don't really want, you know, like at the core, like my yeah. heart doesn't really want it. And yeah, I think that, and, and, you know, at first, you yeah. know, with things we think like, oh, well, I really, really want this. Uh, like, I think it's harder to see sometimes with material things because our culture is so used to like, you know, kind of consuming without, without thinking about it. So the thought of like, do I want this like skirt or whatever doesn't seem yeah. like it would be taking you from the things that really matter. But I don't know, the, d- the deeper I kind of go into it, the more I think I like without any judgment, I get like a better idea of like, why do I want the skirt or do I really want the skirt? And yeah, that yeah, might, I think
1: we're part. sometimes just trying to live up to these impossible standards really ways of living you know beauty standards and expectations and perfection even and we just see these ads and commercials and everything and we see these people wearing in the ads like oh they look so happy and this skirt looks amazing on them and if I buy this skirt I might get this happiness too in a very bad way of putting it, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's also totally that idea of like, like the satisfaction. Because if you think like with Mm, the beauty industry, like it runs off of you never feeling satisfied, satisfied that like you're never enough as you are. And I think minimalism can help you also get to the idea. Like I have enough stuff like, I don't need, like, I don't need more. And that kind of puts you in a more easy place of not just like kind of striving. Like I have to get more, I have to get more in that pressure. Yeah. And even something you know,
1: like, I... sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I have enough stuff and I don't need more stuff. I am enough and I don't need all, all of those things to make me happy. And I, yeah, cause you know, buying stuff will just, give you a very short-lived satisfaction and very short-lived happiness of just buying this thing and then it will just probably end up in your closet and you will never really use it and yeah it's a very short-lived satisfaction yeah but that's kind of the thing with fashion too like lots of fashion is just what's it called like fast fashion yeah fast fashion or something yeah. like that uh, I really really dislike that yeah
0: yeah the, and, and it's
1: so bad for the environment as well
0: yeah the environment and for like the people creating these really like cheap yeah garments that, it's really really bad yeah yeah and, and when you think about it like I like what you said about it's not just that I have enough but it is I am enough And I think when it comes to fashion or when it comes to, um, things that have to do with, well, maybe all of it, you know, can do with our self-worth or like with beauty standards. I think that one seems like an easy place to go right now because it relates to fashion and like the beauty industry and things that are constantly trying to sell you stuff. Um, and there is like, the burden of like, I always have to like be keeping up with something in order to be good enough. And then the chase for your worth like never ends. And I feel like the revolution of minimalism in this sense, or like is almost just being like, no, I like, I'm satisfied. Like I am good enough. Like on a, on a kind of bigger scale, it's like a revolution to I don't need more to be wonderful and to be great as I am.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about this quote that my mom put up in our, in our house when I was little. And it said something like, beauty standards kill. Mm-hmm. And that was just, yeah, it was there for years. And I read that. It was on the mirror. And I read it every single day. And I just kind of tried to think about that a lot. And not try to live up to impossible beauty standards and all of that kind of stuff.
0: I love that. Your mom sounds awesome. But... <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is pretty cool. She is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it relates to me to, like, everything we were talking about earlier about, um, uh, like, living the life you want to live and choosing the things that will actually make you happy. Um And it kind of like – I've been talking a lot about like the rewilding of humans, like the rewilding of horses and the rewilding of humans. And I think living the life you want to live in that way and having that freedom is part of like the wild human. Like that's part of being a wild human. And, and, you know, coming back and knowing your worth and and saying that you're enough as you are and you don't need to follow beauty standards, like that is – a self-love that I would really call like becoming like coming home to the wild, you know, coming home to yourself and, and the captivity of like, you know, being kind of controlled and um, being kind of like not thinking about these things and just kind of like mindlessly like slipping through life. I think that um consumerism in the sense of, you know, trying to chase something that we're not because we believe we need fixing or because we believe we need to be better or we need more in that sense, like that—that that is part of like the captivity that, that you know, I know well and I think everyone knows well. Yeah. And, and we have to be really gentle with ourselves as we, you know, move through that. But I think that um, it's just like a, I feel like it's just like a gentle coming home you know, and if you see, yeah, yeah, like minimalism in that way of you're just trying to get back to what is really important to you, and you're trying to say that you have enough and that you are enough. Um, that really changes the the mindset, rather than like I can't have stuff, because that's not yeah. the case. <laughs> like that's
1: mm. that's what many people think, though. And many people think that, oh, min- minimalism is not something for me. I could never do it because I need all of my things. And lots of people think the same way about veganism too. Like, oh, I can never be a vegan. But it's not, you don't have to like go all in. I mean, one thing is just one step is better than no step at all.
0: Yeah, I've, man, just I, like, that's so, sorry, keep going. I'm like so, in for <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm thinking, I'm not sure what I'm saying, um, but yeah, hmm. yeah, you just have to like, try it. You don't have to be perfect. Just go ahead and, yeah, yeah you I don't, don't really know. have to yeah okay. <laughs>
0: sorry sorry, I haven't like <laughs> um, I feel like I'm talking so much this episode because I'm like you're bringing up so many good ideas and I'm like, oh my god. Um, but i I really like what you said about like bringing up with veganism too or with all of this that it's if it's just another place to try to prove your worth or to be perfect, like I'm a minimalist and like I'm using minimalist to like, to strive for something to be something that I'm not because I'm not good enough mm. as I am, like then that's not, you know, that kind of defeats the purpose. And I, th- I feel the same way with like, like veganism. Like if you're trying to do it to like prove that you are good in some way, you know, for like the beauty industry, like we're trying to prove in some way that we're good human. We're trying to mm. fix something. If we're doing veganism, cause like, we don't feel like we're good enough without it. Like, you know, that's not really the right mindset versus, I don't think it has to be a label where like, I am a minimalist, I am a vegan. It's more, these are my values and these are my priorities. And, um, if we do it in a really gentle, loving way, then all it should be doing is like actually returning us home more and more, you know, if we feel called to it.
1: Oh, and I also think it's very interesting how so many, like you know, ethical horse trainers or animal trainers, they become vegetarians or vegans. I've seen a very clear pattern and it's very interesting to me.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually wrote on my notes before this episode, I I wrote um, something like that down because, again, you were the first vegan I had ever, like, like really known or was you know kind of like friends with when I first went vegan and it was making me think about that time like when I first uh went vegan and it very much felt like this blissful thing of like all of a sudden all the things I was trying to get at with the the horsemanship values made sense because I was having a hard time of like, okay, well I want to honor the horse and I want to honor dogs, but how can I do that? And like, not in some way also honor cows. And, and I think I felt like this kind of like, like something wasn't fully clicking for me. And then I found the principles of veganism of just kind of like honoring all life and like really respecting all life in that way. And being, um, not trying to like opt out of the natural life and death cycle or demonize that but rather like to stay more true to what I actually feel me personally like I can um engage in and be a part of and like my personality with it and um yeah it felt like when I found the principles of like a lot of like the ideology of like veganism or whatever it felt like um Like, something came full circle and was complete, and I was like, yes, this is what I've been trying to get at, that I just want to honor all life and value all life.
1: That's beautiful.
0: (laughs) You were, like, a big... You really helped me, too, like, see if it was possible. It was one of those other things that, like, at first it feels like a life decision that, like, a lot of people don't, like, you know... Like, maybe this isn't the most traveled path, but... I want to do it because, uh, you know, because it calls to me and because it's what I really want. And also I want to like point out, like for me going vegan, um, brought me so much joy. Like it really wasn't from a place of shame. Yeah. and, And I think that's where like sometimes things get iffy and it's the same with like minimalism. Like if you're being shamed into it or if you're feeling shame yourself, which I think a lot of times, like people don't even have to be shaming us. Like we're putting our own shame on ourselves of what it means, um, then that's not, like, a place we want to make decisions from versus, like, when I went vegan, there really was no shame in it. I just, like, it felt so good and felt so right to do, like, on a... That's awesome. ...good way, like, a fun way, too.
1: It's very interesting to me to, like, hear people's stories about going vegan because I've never gone vegan myself I was brought up this way so it's really cool to hear your experiences and how you felt
0: how was it being brought up vegan that's so awesome
1: um some people ask me like oh was it hard was it difficult but no the most difficult thing was people like asking me like oh why are you vegan it wasn't eating vegan. That was just what I was used to, really. But, you know, people questioning you. Yeah. Like, oh, why are you eating this? And, yeah, it got kind of annoying, Yeah. to be honest. But, yeah, I, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. And then, uh, I mean, my closest friends were questioning me, too. But now, as I've gotten older, almost all of my closest friends have become vegans, and I think that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's that's so cool. Um, a lot of people around me have become vegan too. Like now, I mm-hmm. have a lot of vegan friends. <laughs> some of them, some of them um, later, like me as well. Um, I think it, it's also interesting, like you know, people who like if you're eating something vegan and you say you're a vegan and like for me like I'm not usually even telling someone you know that I'm that I'm vegan I'm not trying to like I'm certainly not trying to convince anyone to go vegan you know Mm, because I don't think that same yeah like you know I think you come to it as you do and you know and if it's right for you and um but it's interesting like how people can get triggered like I said with the shame like even if you're not saying anything and and I do want to, like, point out, like, there are some, you know, people who are vegan who will use shame in the same way that everyone, like, whenever someone's trying to make a change, like, some people are going to try the tactic of shame. And I think uh, sometimes veganism gets a bad rat rep because you think of, like, the shaming vegan um, who's, like, telling you that you're a murderer or whatever. But I think yeah. that, I think a lot of that, too, like, is more self-imposed, like like people asking, you know, oh, why are you a vegan? Like how? And then and then getting kind of like personally offended by it as if you're saying something about their lifestyle. And yeah, I think that.
1: I mean, most vegans don't really walk around shaming people. Yeah, I I haven't. So I know yeah. a lot of vegans like in real life and on social media and but mostly in real life. And I know maybe one or two people well no I've come across one or two vegans that have actually been shaming others and I've met a lot of vegans so these very few individuals (laughs) just give all vegans a bad reputation
0: I also which is yeah yeah sorry which is what
1: now you can speak (laughs)
0: um yeah I I feel the same like I I haven't actually met I don't think I've ever met a vegan who is, like, like shaming. I've never seen, like, a, someone shame someone for not being vegan in person. Um, but I do think, like, the reputation also just comes because, like, a lot of people, like, kind of feel the the judgment of it, like, not because they're being judged, but, like, they're judging themselves and it's coming through, and, like, and which I can so relate to. And that's why I also feel, like, you know if your decision to become vegan is coming from a place of shame or f- coming from a place of feeling judged like then it's not right for you right now you know like that's not where you want to make that decision from and and i think if that's how you feel like no like do the self-loving thing and and be kind to yourself like it's another place where i think that being on your own side and like valuing yourself first and even being selfish in that way or you know quote unquote like It's beneficial to everyone because, um, yeah, if you make the decision to, like, make any kind of lifestyle change like that from a place of shame or I'm not good enough or I have to do this to fix myself or to be a good person because I'm not a good person otherwise, it's just going to be charged Mm -hmm. with, like, really heavy, not really healthy and ultimately, like, self-destructive energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so, so much for being on. I've had such a fun time talking to you. I feel like I'm just, I feel a little rambly today because I, I'm just like really excited by all the things we have <laughs> in common and like all your ideas. Um, so sorry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: that's okay. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you.
0: Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of fun too. And, um, Yeah. For people, people who want to find you, you know, and I like right on for not being on, on the social medias, even though you still have an account and maybe people will want to look you up. Yeah,
1: I do. I mean, I post on my stories sometimes. Um, But I'm, I've got two accounts on Instagram. One is Nornia, and the other one is Freezing Fairy. And I think I post a little bit more on Freezing Fairy on my story But I, I mean, I do have my accounts, so if you want to, like, connect with me, that's possible. And, yeah, I don't really have any other social medias where people can follow me or stuff like that. So.
0: Right on. Those are the two. I love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely go check out, because, like, honestly, your, your stories are awesome and also, like, It's just a good way if people want to message you or, you know, get in contact. And I know a lot of people like already, um, are, I would imagine there's a lot of people excited to like hear from you in this way or like to, I I would be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I've been wanting to hear you on the podcast and like get your, uh, perspective on things. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are excited. (laughs) People
1: can message me. I'm a friendly person. That's cool.
0: (laughs) You're very friendly Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you again for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Thank you, everyone, who's written a review on iTunes. I just want to say, like, some people have written some really, like, so touching reviews recently that I've I've been in awe. And I just want to shout out to you. Hopefully you know who you are. But, like, you've just made my week and my month and, um, yeah, I just want to say, I'm so thankful because, uh, I love doing this podcast and, and it kind of inspires me to keep it going and to, um, and just to know people are listening is again, like the greatest gift. So thank you everyone. Um, if you feel like writing a review, it does help the podcast and also, uh, sharing with your friends, um, make sure you tag me. Cause I love to, I love to see who you guys are everyone who's listening so um yeah i'll see you guys all next week with a brand new episode and uh that's about it see you then